Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you. It's Sunday in the freezer in Oklahoma. I think uh, my weather app says it is zero where I'm at this morning with a feels like in the minuses. I think my thermostat or thermometer on the wall there in our weather station says it's about two. So either way, it's cold. I think once you get down to this degree, it really doesn't matter how how the numbers look it's still just bitterly cold we're expecting some snow to begin here soon um right now it's just dry and cold so we're we're uh, well on our way to the to the bottom of the the freezer bucket for this year for certain uh, actually even through last year i don't think we've been this cold so anyway pray for us as we i know there's others not just oklahoma i know it's all up through the north and even stretching into the south and it's just going to be a bitter cold few days until this arctic blast uh, has its way and moves away so i'm ready for spring i'm (laughs) not a big fan of winter i'm ready for it to get here because i complain about the heat all year long but then i complain about the cold too so either way i can't i can't be happy i want to share with you a message this morning that um uh, I, I, I heard a, a message preached this last week uh, as we were watching some services out of uh, Acts 6-4. Uh, it's a ministerial conference that goes on. Uh, in, it was happening in Texas this year. And, uh, man, the lady that brought the, the house down with her on Wednesday just— uh, well, I mean, she stomped out a message, and, and it and it struck me. There were several things that she said that uh, just really dug deep into me and made me get serious about some word. So I titled this message today, Pick Up Your Sword. Uh, pick Up Your Sword. And, and, and we're going to go to ch- Hebrews chapter 10. Um, my text is going to come beginning in chapter 19. But verse, uh, or, yeah, verse 19 of chapter 10 begins with therefore which obviously we understand that it means because of this well because of what I, I i need to know what is it that we're beginning this message with the hebrews chapter 10 begins with a, a new way of living is the subtitle of hebrews chapter uh, 10 19 through 25 so i had to go back and look so i dug back into hebrews chapter 10 from the very beginning and we see the illustrations of uh the reasoning for the sacrificial, uh, the sacrifices for sin. So the, the reason for the blood offerings for sin and the fact that Jesus atoned for that. Jesus took over that. Jesus became the one and only sacrifice for sin. You see in Hebrews chapter 10, if you want to go back and read that chapter, you'll see where it's talking about how time after time they would have to continually bring a sacrifice for sin and it would remind them of their sin. Well, Jesus became that one and all So I want to look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 through 18 to kind of set this message up this morning. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 says this, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their heart and on their mind, and I will inscribe them, producing an image, an inward change. He then says, verse 17, And their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more no longer holding their sins against them. Verse 18 concludes it with now, where there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things, there is no longer any offering to be made to atone for sin. So in other words, again, this is expressing how Jesus became the the, the offering once and for all. 
to atone for sin. There no longer needs to be this ritualistic thing going on. It, it's it's one and done. When you accept Christ as your Savior, He has atoned for your sin. When He lives within you and you abide with, with in His Word, your sins are forgiven. There's there's no longer a need for something to, to be a blood sacrifice. His blood covers it all. So, all right, we'll get through that. I want to pick up this Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. And it says, therefore, remember, because of this, because of what Jesus has done, believers, since we have confidence and full freedom to enter the holy place, the place where God dwells, by means of the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way which he initiated and opened for us, and the veil as in the holy of holies, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great and wonderful priest who rules over the house of God, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart and unqualified assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us seize and hold tightly to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. And let us consider throughout or thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Other, other passages of Scripture, other, other uh, versions speak that in quite different terms as, and as, as you see the day, the day approach, which is, we know, the, the coming of Christ. Crystal Amanchukwu, that's right, Amanchukwu, was preaching a fiery word at this year's Acts 6-4 conference in Texarkana, Texas. Ron and I had watched much of this past week, uh, watching the services throughout the, the days uh, beginning on Tuesday night through Thursday night. But Crystal Amachukwu is the daughter of a bishop of uh, Upper Room, uh, Church of God in Christ in Raleigh, North Carolina. He preached actually as well on Thursday morning, powerful word as well. Um, but she is the, the wife of a, a former North Carolina running back, I believe it was a running back, uh, big fella that works for Turning Point uh, around the world today where he travels and speaks about the, the garbage going into our school libraries and things. She brought a message, and, and she was speaking strongly concerning the way many of our men and women of faith are losing ground in ministry because of one simple fact. The church has gone silent in speaking the word. We now produce user-friendly services. Uh, seeker-friendly. We conduct services according to the surveys of the masses. And she talked about uh, even Steve Harvey's show <laughs> and the survey says, because it seems as if that's exactly how we've built our, our belief system today, according to the surveys of the masses. Surveys are important. They're, they're always good material. We can learn a lot from the, the mass surveys that are taken by the Barna Group and things of that nature to help us guide our teaching and thoughts. But unfortunately, What's happening is, is we're going the wrong direction. As we look at the surveys of uh, these younger generations who, who don't want to be confronted about their sin, they, they want to be coddled about their sin. And we've begun to change our message. We begin to change our wordage, and it's, we're going the wrong way. She was calling out the ministries and the ministers who are no longer speaking the word. 
The church has gone silent in speaking the word uh, in these these seeker-friendly services. We've become storytellers instead of word speakers. Now, I love stories. Stories are great. We, we tell stories a lot. The story of my life, the stories of things that I've gone through. There, there's, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a good story that has a quality impact. But if all we're doing is telling smooth stories, if all we're doing is telling the good side and we're not explaining the bad, we're, we're fooling ourselves. It's kind of like what we see in our world today when they're tearing down pieces and parts of our history. They, they, they say they're doing it for the good of mankind, taking out this bad history. What good is that going to do if we don't know the history and understand the consequences of what took place, uh, we're going to lose out. It's going to cause even more damage to our society. Listen, there's nothing new in this world. There is no new way to live. There's no new way to serve the Lord. There is nothing new going on in this world today that is not already recorded. She talked about the sins of the nation, the sins that we see today, the the things that are going on in our nation that are so repulsive today. That's nothing new. You can take that all the way back into the beginnings of time, into the beginnings of mankind, into the beginnings of when sin entered this world. Those same sins were rampant then. It's what caused God to wipe the earth out at one given time with Noah and the flood. Remember, the the Bible actually says later on uh, in Scripture where it says, So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. How bad was it in the days of Noah? Could it have been worse than what we see today? Well, apparently it, it, it was because God wiped out the earth with a massive flood only saving a few of mankind to repopulate the earth. What a what a crazy time that we are in. It's it all of this stuff is already in the word. It's it's in the word already. It's recorded in history. The 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 sins of our nations today are all right there blatant. John chapter 1 Verse 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. And he was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing was able to come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life, and the life was the light of men. That That's some powerful scripture. This This grace movement that we are in today, this speaking grace over everything, it's weakening our church. The, 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 we, we preach God's grace as you covered. So, so in other words, God's grace, you know, God's just a loving God. God's, God just loves you. He loves you just as you are. There's some truth to that, but he does not love your sin. He hates your sin. The Bible is very clear about that. Uh, we need to preach the word, that, and we, we have gotten to a place where we don't preach a word that causes conviction which would likely cause someone to leave and look elsewhere for other teaching. Remember, we're a people who have itching ears. Uh, The Bible says that we have put up for ourselves teachers because we have itching ears. We want them to speak good things to us. We don't want them to bring a harsh word. Listen, when I was youth pastor in in Durango, Colorado, I just started my realm in ministry. This is all the way back into the late 90s. I was uh, opening our services and taking our offering and things, and and I began telling stories each each morning. I would sometimes they were funny. It might be something that somebody sent me on the internet on the email, which was early on back then. I had a judo Juno account back then. Tells you how long ago that's been. 
So I would get these 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 stories or whatever, and, and I would speak them to open our services up or maybe to take our offering. And, and I had a man come to me one time, and he said, hey, listen, your stories are great. They're fun, but keep them fun. We don't want this other stuff that causes us to think or feel bad about who we are. Think about that for a minute. Because that's what the Word of God does. It, it, it penetrates even to the, the marrow. It, it's, it's a two-edged sword. It separates and it cuts. And it opens us up to reveal to us the things that are wrong in our life. The Word, the spoken Word, has an ability to do that. He wanted me to, to just simply say the, the fun stories, the lighthearted stuff. Don't, don't, don't bring this stuff in here that, that causes us to think about who we really are. Man, it just made me want to do things all the more. Instead, we've, uh, we have sinners. Listen to this. Because of what we've become in our church, because of this grace movement, we've got sinners walking into church. Three songs and a pleasing sermon later, the same sinners are walking out. There's no life change. Nothing's taken place at all. How, how, how low have we gotten in our church services? Listen, pastors, you need to understand what I'm saying here. This is, this is something we've got to pay attention to. If all we're doing is coming to church to have a meeting, I don't need another meeting. I don't need another something I got to go do. I want something that encourages me, challenges me. I want to walk away from there different. I, I pray this over every ministry that we go into, especially at Peterson Outdoors where we work with our wounded veterans and physically challenged and terminally ill and, and our outdoor events. And I go and speak at these events often. And the one thing that I talk about is the fact that we don't want anyone leaving the way they came. I don't want anyone coming into a message of mine and leaving the way they came. I want them stirred up. I want them challenged. I want the Word of God to penetrate deep into the marrow of their soul and open them up to change them to be better. I want growth. I don't want to just throw water on something just because you're supposed to. I want to see something change. I want to see life spring forth, whether it's my word or anybody else's word. Even when I go sit under someone else's teaching, I want that teaching to challenge me. I want it to grow me. I don't need another boring message. I've heard plenty of them over my time. I don't want another one. I want God to challenge me and move me forward in who he's called me to be. You should as well. Listen, preachers and teachers and men and women of God, if we speak the word and they get up and walk out, listen, the word is going to walk out right behind them. That's what Crystal said. She said the word is going to walk out right behind them and will hover in their mind and mess with their spirit and know this word will not return void. The Bible says my word will not return void. Speak the word over wherever it is you're at. Speak the truth and let the truth sort things out. When I was in the juvenile detention center, I was really struggling because, man, I really couldn't relate to these young people. These young people were troubled. Uh, some of them were, were drug abusers. Some of them were uh, alcohol. I mean, they had become from a horrific backgrounds. And these young people, as low as 10 years old, coming into a juvenile detention center setting, and man, I was struggling with how do I help them? How do I how do I do something for them? How do I speak to them to change their life? And God made it really clear to me. He said, you bring the word. You speak to them the whole truth, unadulterated, unwatered down. You speak the truth and then let them sort out what they're going to do with it. And see, that's exactly how our word should be today from the pulpit. We need to speak the word of God, the truth of God. It's the word that will set people free. The truth sets us free. The light of Christ shining into darkness. Darkness cannot encroach upon light. 
It's completely the opposite. Light always disperses darkness. But it's in that truth that, that if I speak the truth to you, then you're the one that has to, to either accept it or reject it. It's no longer on me. It's on you. I've done my task. I've spoke the truth. Now you have to work that out and figure out what you're going to do with that truth, either by abiding by the word that's been spoken to you or rejecting that word and walking away. Proverbs 16 or 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue can be used as a weapon to harm and destroy. We obviously know that, but it can also be used as a tool to build and to heal. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, again, it says, hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Don't let go. Hold on, not, not only to your faith, but to the profession, of the, the speaking of our faith, speaking what we believe. So we're to speak the word of God. But she said this statement that really caught my attention. She referenced many of us today question, why don't we see miracles like we used to? Why are we not seeing the miracles of old? I can tell you story after story in some of the research I've done over the revivalists, uh, the things that God did, massive movements of God, massive turnarounds in people's lives, physical healings, emotional healings, spiritual healings that took place constantly in the services of old. But Ron and I could tell you story after story of things that we've seen in our growing up years of how church uh, back in the day, man, people's lives were changed, revolutionary, right in front of people's eyes. They were made whole or set free from things that had them bound. Why are we not seeing these same things happen today? Why are we not seeing the miracles like we used to? And she says this. Why don't we see the manifestations of God's holy presence like we used to? Why don't we see the miracles like we used to? Then she said this, every miracle ever seen is tied directly to the spoken word of God. Every manifestation of God's holy presence is tied directly to the spoken word of God. We're not seeing miracles or manifestations because we are not speaking the word of God. Wow. Ouch. We're not seeing the miracles or the manifestations of God's presence because we're not speaking the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15 says this, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. But how will people call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him for whom they've not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher, without a messenger? Verse 15 says this, And how will they preach unless they are commissioned and sent for that purpose? Just as it is written and forever remains written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things. Pick up your sword and preach the word. The sword, the weapon, the, the only, the only uh, weapon of choice, the only weapon mentioned in the entire Bible is the word of God. It is the sword of the Spirit. It is the sword of God. We have all this protective gear. We've got all the armor that it talks about in Ephesians. But the Bible is our only offensive. It's the only, it's the only weapon that goes forward. It, everything else is made to protect us. That sword will protect us as well when we speak the Word of God, when we begin to mouth the words that are in that book and we speak the Word of God. I looked up something else that she had said. We I had to find it, but... 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 17 says, Do you not know and understand that you, the church, are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you, collectively and individually? 
That's corporately and individually. When we come together, when we just as it says in Hebrews 25, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints, uh, as, especially as you see the day approach. We need each other. We need iron sharpens iron. We talked about carrying our sword. Iron sharpens iron. We need that that interaction with other believers, sharpening ourselves, sharpening ourselves against each other, protecting each other, standing back to back, covering our backsides because there's no armor listed for our backside. We're to always face our enemy. We're always to protect each other, have each other's back. But do you not know and understand that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells permanently in you? It dwells in us collectively as corporate body and individually as individuals. Verse 17 goes on to say, If anyone destroys the temple of God, corrupting it with false doctrine. In other words, if if, if we stop uh, listening to the Spirit of God, if we stop listening to the spoken word, and we begin to put up for ourselves teachers because we have itching ears, look at what it says. God will destroy the destroyer, for the temple of God is holy, it's sacred, and that is holy what you are. You are a holy vessel. You are a sacred vessel. We don't need anything coming into us that's short of the very word of God. Speak the word. We've got to have the spoken word of God. I was telling Rhonda, I used to quote quite often the the the, the quote from the St. Saint Francis of Sicily that go into all the world and preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Yes, our lifestyle is important. Yes, we need to ex- exemplify everything that we believe, and we need to walk out the words that we speak. But it needs to be spoken. Where are they? That are, where are they, I love that piece of scripture, and this is one of Rhonda's favorites as well. Um, find it here again. What I do with it? There's my notes. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. But how will people call on Him? in whom they've not believed? And how will they believe in him for whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Preach the word. Speak the word of God. Get in the word. Know the word. Let the word penetrate into your heart, into your soul. Listen, we talk all the time. I'm not good at quoting scripture. I'm not good at, uh, I'm, I'm scripture will come to my mind, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you where, where it's at. I mean, I can quote a piece of scripture, but I can't tell you the the book, the the verse, and all of that very well. It's because the Holy Spirit plants that in us. When, when we know the Word, when we get in the Word, when we've read the Word, the Holy Spirit brings that back to remembrance at any given time when we need it so that we can speak that into someone else's life. Listen, we need to speak the Word. People need to hear the truth. It is only the truth that will set us free. Without the truth... We're on a fast track to hell. It's that simple. Look around you. Look around you at the deception that's going on in this world today. The deceit. The the blatant sin. Satan doesn't even hide it anymore. It's blatant. It's bold. It's right out in front. Right just openly because we're not speaking against it. The spoken word has become silent. The church has become silent. We've we've become seeker-friendly, user-friendly, and and we're no longer speaking the whole truth, the real truth. Now, I know there's a lot of messages that go on out there, and I talk about them all the time being feel-good messages. There's a lot. Tommy Tenney, my favorite writer, you hear me say this all the time. He even said, he said, 
it's easy to prophesy the future. It's easy for me to, for, for you to stand in front of me and me tell you what you want to hear. And that's what's happening across our nation today in our churches. People are listening to a word that they want to hear. They've put up for themselves teachers because they have itching ears. They don't want to hear the whole truth because the whole truth is going to cause them to change their way of life. The whole truth is going to convict them of things they've got wrong in their life. The whole truth is going to cause them to go to their knees in repentance. And our churches today are avoiding that because they want the masses they, they want the mass. They, they, they want the, 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 the coffers to be full. They, they want the collection plates to be full. Man, if we start speaking the real truth and it starts convicting people and people begin to leave our services and our services become lower in number, we're not going to have the same amount of money. We may have to cut off one of the fog machines or we may have to turn on the lights again instead of putting on these colored fancy lights in the darkness. We may have to cut back on some of the things that we do for fun. Heaven forbid that we get back to the real truth that changes people's lives and draws the lost out of darkness into light. You understand what's being spoken here today? What a powerful word. I'm telling you, if you want to look this up, you go to Acts 6-4. It's Acts 6-4, just like you're going to look something up in the scripture. Acts 6-4 conference. And you pull that up on your internet. You pull that up on your on your Facebook. They've got a Facebook page. And you can go back and look at every message that was spoke. Uh, it gives you the worship. It gives you the word being spoken, the whole shebang. Listen, I'm telling you, you go back and listen to Crystal Amanchukwu's message on, on uh, Wednesday. It would have been Wednesday afternoon, the 2 o'clock service. It will change your life. Her father spoke again on, on uh, Thursday morning. It'll change your life. The, the pastor that spoke on Thursday afternoon, it'll change your life. Listen, the word of God is coming forth, and it's coming forth in power. This is our time to rise up and be who God has called us to be. But we've got to speak what he puts into our heart. No matter. It, it, it doesn't. The results are not up to us anyway. They're not for us. Let God sort out the results. You speak the truth. Pastors, you speak the truth from those pulpits. Bring the fire of God down. Let the fire of God's word purify the hearts of those who hear. It, it may change things, but it will change them for the better, I guarantee you. You will be a better man of God, a woman of God for speaking the truth. Quit watering it down. Quit trying to make it feel good and bring it like God intended it to be brought from the beginning. It will set us free. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for following along on our podcast. Thank you for allowing me the freedom to speak my mind. You can turn it off if you want to, I reckon. But I tell you, just like I tell people all the time when we speak at these events that we go to, I give an altar call and there may be some move, some may not. There may not be any response at all, but I tell them this. The one thing I pray over everyone who hears my word is that it sinks deep into your spirit. And if you don't respond to it today, that it makes you so stinking miserable, you can't stand it until you do. So today I'm telling you, I'm praying that the word of God, the truth, the spoken word of God messes you up to the point that you have to do something with it. You can reject it and run from it, but it's going to follow you and it's going to bug you until you respond, till you repent, until you begin to follow him the way he has called you, created you from the beginnings of time to be his servant. Amen. God bless you. Rhonda and I love you. We thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Please continue to follow us, pray for us, support us financially if you can. All of our giving links on our website, pinned right at the top of our Facebook page. We love you and we're praying for you. We'll talk to you again real soon.